0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area.
1: As I prepared, I'm going to take off my glasses for a second, as I prepared for what I was going to talk about this morning, because it's, again, you know me, I'm I'm more about talking than, than preaching. Uh, I, I'm not as studious as some of you are, but I get passionate about certain things. And uh, in the search, right, where you, you feel like you want to talk about, preach about, if you want to use it, I was at the bookstore just recently with Sheila and my kids, and we were looking through the old books. You know, I always like to look through the old books, and uh, I was reading something that was written by a uh, a German sociologist, and I was reading something by the Unitarians. Now, let's just see where I'm going with this. Yes, exactly. Um, It was about work, right? We're in summertime right now, and we don't usually think about work, and our kids, you know, don't want to think about school. And uh, as I'm reading through these little topics, I was kind of excited to to find these sections. Um, it, this this German sociologist who who today is recognized as probably one of the top four or five books you should read if you're going to read contemporary sociology. You know what 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 makes things work uh, amongst ourselves? What drove us in certain directions? And in the early 1900s, late 1800s, he, he had this study that he had done, and he was talking about the Puritans, and he was talking about Baptists, and he was talking about um, several other groups, but he was talking about their doctrine. This is a scientist, right? He's, he's separated from all this idea of God, right? You know, he's, he's just trying to figure out why things work. And and he's looking at the doctrines of these groups um, and the conclusion he came to why more or less that societies who are built upon capitalism um, thrive and work out better with their doctrines centered on doctrines of grace. Weird stuff. He, he, his whole allusion to this was God's providence. That's what we believe, right? So we're thankful for what we have. So no matter what our station is, right, to use an, uh, sort of an old school term, no matter what our job is, we're thankful for that because that's what God has given us. We're, we're called to that position. So as I'm browsing through the books there, I found a book by the Unitarians, and it was called On the Sex, S-E-C-T-S, Sexts. Um, you know, the Unitarians think we're all off base, right? Um, they don't believe in a triune God. Um, so, more or less, without just talking about them too much, they, this book for their Bible school, 18, let's just see here, published in 1892, this was a revision, so we're going back now about 60 years for the first book that they published for their Sunday school, was to help Unitarians dissect the gospel and convert us to Unitarianism. And I was excited when I read it, because they gave the history from their point of view, from a Baptist, their idea on the Baptist's history and founding, and they went through pretty much as we would go through, and they're nitpicking everything that we believe, and the one thing that they stuck on that they felt was something that they could have a, 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 something to grab onto if they ran into someone is back in the late 1600s to the 1700s to the 1800s, their perception was is is Baptists were Calvinistic, except for this rift that happened where Arminianism crept in. They then extrapolated in that earlier period where the free will Baptists sort of came to be, and they said that they thought that anybody of this persuasion, the Arminian persuasion, was in favor of them. That means they, they, were, they were excited to talk about this group because then there was an inroad where they could more or less convince you to come over to their side. However, from the sovereign grace, Calvinistic perspective, because we, we, we are firm believers, we understand our doctrine, we understand what God's Word says, this was an area where they were to stray away from. More, not, not unlike what Jehovah's Witnesses would do today or Mormons would come to your door if you come out with a question and ask them something that is firmly out of the Word of God. They don't know how to defend it. This was in the in late 1800s. So they're talking about particular Baptists. And of course, then here, um, Baptists in America, they said, were the same. Calvinistic. Anyway, my point being, is that it was just surprising to see that we have two different, distinct, one more or less a religious organization, and then one being a a, a scientist, a social scientist, who came to the same conclusion, long before we talk about these things today. But they're talking about going back hundreds and hundreds of years. What we or our predecessors believed is what Thankfully, we're still preaching today. Um, it is all about God. It is all about Jesus honoring the Son to honor the Father. But it's all, also all about his providence, right? Um, so today I come to talk to you, long intro, intro into this, about work. So if you'd be kind enough to pull out your Bibles and turn to Genesis one And then to end up at 127 through 31. So be thankful we have a pastor. Be thankful we have other teachers in this church that teach the same things out of the Bible, word for word, exactly like we've done for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Preaching the pure truth, the word of God. We use the King James here, right? This, this preserved word. Um, purely. I don't think there's anything wrong with topics. That's what I have today, right? Um, but expository preaching. We really get into the word of God. All right. Genesis one twenty-seven through 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, And every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given you every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So, for those of you who have kids, now it's summertime. Um, It's sunny out, especially on a day like today. Brian's our weather guy. How hot is it supposed to be today? Hot, 102. Right? Isn't that what we were hearing? I hope not. But that's that was that's what I heard earlier on in the week. Um, We think of comp days. We think of vacation days. We. Think a whole lot less about working, right? The sun is bright and it's shiny and shiny outside oh, shiny, I don't know. It's bright outside. And uh and you know, we think about what it would be like to not have to work at all. Right? That's uh, I mean who has TV here? Does any, any I'm not I'm not gonna nitpick on you. I don't have a television per se. There we got we got a couple of hands up for television. You see the ads on TV. Right? You see the California lottery ads, right? I've I've seen that because, you know, unfortunately, if you watch anything on YouTube, now they're just shoving things in your face. Um, And you see Sir Lucky Pants, right? That was the name of their last, their 2017 TV. I know you guys don't have TV either. So, And, and they have the guy lounging, you know, he won the lottery and all he's doing is lounging around sitting on his yacht, you know? He's just laying back and having a good time. And, and the unfortunate thing is this is the world's way to pull us away um, and help make us unthankful for what we have. I mean, if you see any of the uh, Disney ads, or for that matter, the ads for just taking a trip to Utah, right? Utah is a big one. You see that. Utah, I think there's ones I've seen now because when we've traveled, you know, you get the free TV in the, in the room, but Nevada, that was a big one for Nevada, mountain biking, I guess they're competing with Utah. If you look at any, if you drive up and down 101 here, and you see any billboard, what most likely are you going to see right now? Who's buying up all the billboards? Casinos, right? I mean, and so they're always talking about come and, and almost escape from reality, right? Um, You're going to win and and you're going to be fed because we've got the best food in the world, right? We're not going to have to cook. They're going to take care of us. Um, These are just distractions. When I talk about work, I want to make sure that you understand I am all for rest, um, when rest is due. Right, brother? And... Rest has to be done within spiritual constraints. If you look at how God worked everything out for the Jews, and if you look at how God worked everything out for himself, there's a, there's a time and a place for rest. As God's rest wasn't a, a time where he had to recoup, he didn't need to... Um, Relax and recharge. It wasn't like he threw a party, and invited all the angels over. I'm not trying to be blasphemous, swimming in the river of life. I mean, everybody was just having a good time. God never stops working. If you want to turn to uh, Genesis, just a couple of pages over Genesis 2 2 and then uh, 2 3. On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. What did he do? When he rested, what did he do? It wasn't a relaxation. He just You see the pictures. A lot of times you'll see some of these pictures that are contemporary, at least in the last couple hundred years, and they'll show a picture. Um, some churches will have them and they'll have their a creation day uh, artwork in the stained glass windows. And it, some of them, believe it or not, it shows God resting. I mean, he's like laying out. I'm not kidding. He's on clouds, resting. And and I, I, th- I think that that's a mistake. Um, if we use the Bible to interpret what we read, right? Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. We all know the verse, John five sixteen, When the Jews attacked Jesus, right? They wanted to kill him. And uh, do really bad things to him because they... they, they thought he was equating himself with God, which he is. Um, John 5, 16, And therefore the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. This is what John Gill said. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus with their tongues, reproaching and reviling him as a Sabbath breaker, right? But what was he breaking? I mean, he had healed somebody on the Sabbath day. He was working. Um... Jesus answers, my father worketh hitherto and I work, right? So there's never been a time when God has stopped working. There's a, the, the, the rest was given for us in the Old Testament, but there's never been a time that God has ceased to work. The rest in this case in the Old Testament, in the creation first days that we had here where he rested on the 7th, It was a ceasing. If you look at what that word means, it means he just stopped. So he made it all, and he stopped and looked at what was good. But does that mean that he stopped doing anything else? Gravity was still working, right? Fire still worked. The rain... Whatever it was that was feeding everyone, all those things still worked. God's providence was always in action. He never took a rest. He doesn't need to take a rest. This was a case where he made a beautiful painting. Some people like to talk about how he made a clock, right? He's the great, great clockmaker. Wound it up and he took a look. But when you build something, you don't, usually you don't just stop taking care of it. You're still working. Maybe not directly on it. Um, Philo, Jewish historian, pre-New Testament, as he's talking about God and, 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 and as he's reading through the Torah, God never ceases to work, but as it is the property of fire to burn and of the snow to cool, so... Of God to work. So yeah, we're thinking about summertime. We think about imitating Jesus. We talk about imitating God. They never stop. There's a time for rest and there's a time for work, and work takes up most of that time. When we have idleness or lack of purpose or the moment that we start to enjoy inaction, which is the act of nothing, right? Um, This is different than God's rest, right? which includes taking care of the necessary things we need to do. So today, as we talk about work, we talk about work as a way to glorify God. There are many ways to glorify God. We talk about them from the pulpit all the time. In fact, we just were singing... Right? That's a way to worship. So singing can be a way to worship. We could talk about how Dalton comes week after week. Teaching. Right? Preaching. That's right. That, that deserves an amen. Um, missionary work. Whether you're doing it here. Whether you're doing it overseas. What about giving? You know, sometimes giving is a way to glorify God. But today the topic is again work. From the beginning we were made to work. Genesis 2:15 and the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The sad thing is is in today's new worldly wisdom, which isn't new because the Greeks talked about it. The elite in our society see anyone who is not educated to the point of being a perpetual student pondering the great injustices of the world or the philosophical thoughts of the day to be lowbrow. If we're not a politician or some other high-minded profession, we're looked down upon. This is the same thing that happened during Jesus' time. The Greeks... The Romans, we're to, were to aspire to a position where, or at least we're taught that way, we're, we're supposed to aspire to a position to where we have the power to either not work or the power to um, employ someone to do things for us. A dignified position. It's no different than it was 2,000 years ago. They were the same. I mean, think about in modern era, we have the quote which comes to mind, and I've I've probably said this before, but you think about Mark Twain's quote. Work is a necessary evil to be avoided. It's an ends to a means, right? Um, If you go back through your Genesis creation... We don't see God creating animals for work, though we do end up doing that in the subdue. We don't see God giving jobs to any animal he named. We see right in the beginning, in those, that first page, second page, and into the third page, what's he doing? He's telling them they're going to have a job. They're going to have to subdue it. And then their job is to multiply it, right? So to grow everything, to create cultures. We're told to stay away from idleness, to not be sluggards, to not be lazy. You know, I, I don't know what, what Adam and Eve were doing before the fall, but if you look at That time where the serpent comes in, they must not have been working, because they get kind of (laughs) distracted. And Eve is distracted with the fruit, and of course, we assume Adam is right there. Um, Sounds like they were hanging out. I'm just saying, that's my opinion. Sounds like they were hanging out. Right? Isn't that what happens? We were all in high school. Summer came. Maybe a little bit before, right? Mom and dad are gone. When do we get in trouble? We're not doing something. We're not working on something. Those idle times when we're hanging out not doing anything. What about David? Sends Joab off to battle. Sends a whole bunch of Guy's with him, David's hanging out, got too much leisure on your hands, you get bored with doing nothing, right? What am I going to do? Trouble starts to creep in, he wanders out. And what do his eyes see? A beautiful woman, not his wife, causes all sorts of problems. So he sends Joab out, and then, of course, we know the trouble that happened with David. God wants us to be working. It's in our own selves that we get selfish because it's my time. It's not not my time, it's God's time. It's my money. It's my time. I don't feel like it. God works, and Jesus works. They're still working. They haven't stopped. The rest was given for us, right? But that doesn't mean we stop doing the things that we need. I'm repeating myself from earlier. God works, Jesus works. We believe in a biblical calling, right? But what about a calling for your vocation? Right? What does vocation mean? Anybody? It's your, your job. But it means called. Called to do your job. So we may not think of it like that. We think of vocation as our job or something that we have found on our own. But I say it's in God's providence that you'll find yourself in your vocation of God's choosing. The voca in Latin means call. It's the shun, that suffix right there at the end, is the action to do, right? To do what we are called. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. But as God hath distributed to every man... As the Lord had called everyone, so let him walk. And so, I, so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called uncircumcision? Let him not be uncircumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called to be a servant? I'm a servant. I work for someone, although I, we kind of run both sides. Many of you work for a company. Not all of you are self-employed. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. Don't be mad if you work for someone else. You're called to be the boss. Someday you'll be the boss. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. There's a lot going on there. He's talking about he He works in the whole servant work aspect, and he's also talking about salvation. God does these things. He kind of blends everything together. We're to work and to be content with where we have been appointed. Don't get angry about work. Be excited about work. What do we accomplish through this work? Titus 2, 9 through 10. Would you be kind enough to turn there? Titus 2, 9 through 10. This Bible is beaten up. This is my son's Bible. I think he poured coffee on it if he drank coffee. He'd like to drink
0: coffee.
1: Alright, who'd like to read Titus two nine through ten for me? Anyone? You'll do it? Thank you, brother. Amen. So when you work, when you work, do a good job. Be honest. Be ethical. Be on time be thankful to be there be early be an example to others what are those things that you can do you can love your neighbor as love thy neighbor as yourself right love your neighbor as yourself when you're working what about subduing Right? This is something that we are told to do from creation. How do I do that at my job? It means be a good steward. If you're put in charge of something from, I don't know, whether you sweep the street or whether you're a doctor, it doesn't really matter. Don't be wasteful. Be a good steward with what you've been given. What about being creative? whether you're working on your own, even if you're retired. There's things you can do to be creative. If you're creative, who are you imitating? I think God doesn't get excited when you create something. He's happy. You're imitating him through creation. What about exhibiting fairness? That whole... Zig Ziglar win-win kind of idea, right? I like Zig Ziglar. What about if you're asked to stay late sometimes? I'm not saying it's fun, but how about be thankful? Thankful they asked you, they could have asked somebody else. Why did they ask you? And maybe if they don't ask you, maybe you have to ask yourself the question, why didn't they? Try some of these things. It accomplishes the duty of glorifying God. It's not always about here or here or coming up the aisles, doing the offering. In your day-to-day work, you can glorify God. It's not always about, I think, I should say, I think sometimes we get the impression that if I go to work that I have to stand out there and um, hand a track to every customer. You get that impression because some people talk like that. Right? Kind of get the idea? You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think that's one way you can glorify God too. Sometimes it doesn't flow that way. But how about bending over backwards and taking care of whomever you're working with or doing that job. But think about Donna Miller, right? I'm, I'm going to use Donna, for, Donna for, for just a moment here. Um, Donna was working on a calendar system for the church, right? She had no idea how she was going to figure this out. None whatsoever. It was a love thy neighbor situation because it was for Pam... Setting up the calendars, and I think it has to do with the handouts, right? Isn't that some, something to do with somehow they keep track of? Everything? I don't know the whole gist of it. But it was to make it easier for Miss Pam in doing the work that Miss Pam is trying to do. And Donna didn't give up. When your boss gives you something you, could, you you don't know how to do, don't say no. Say I'll figure it out. I will try. And you know what she did? She started asking. She came to me. I, you know what the, the cool thing was is she was over my head. It was awesome. She was talking to me and I'm like I, I was you know my eyes rolling back. <laughs> and it was computer it's it was a computer thing. So I I was I, I was wildly excited. It's you know I I talked to Steve about how excited I was that you were you were doing that. But she went above and beyond. Hey, can this be done? I don't know. That's not what she said. That's glorifying God in, in the subduing and repairing. We live in a sinful world where things break down and fall apart and we try to make things as we can a little bit better. This made it easier for her I was a love thy neighbor and being creative. It's a double whammy. So think about those things. Be thankful. Be creative. Be a good steward. Love thy neighbor as thyself. There's many that we could put in here. But some of you may say, well, what about retirement? I will be honest with you. My wife and I have disagreements here. I don't believe in retirement. I don't think that we should retire. I know some of us are here. I'm sorry, I don't think so. I, I think that that goes against what Scripture says. It may offend you. Gary and I have had this conversation. I don't think that you should retire. I think that there's no example of it anywhere. God says we're supposed to work from the get-go all the way through. God works, so do I. Jesus works, so do I. Six days of working, one day of resting. The resting was what stopping from doing what I was doing. For us, it's a recharge. That doesn't mean that we don't have leisure time. Doesn't mean we don't work towards. We can think about the different Bible verses in uh, it's Ecclesiastes, right, two nine, um, where you get the rewards from working afterwards. Doesn't mean we don't have leisure. But if you're going to retire from one thing, I think you should pick up something else. You now have maybe maybe now you have the financial freedom to work in an area you've always wanted to work in. But whatever that may be, do it for the glory of God. We think about where retirement came in. late 1800s, the German chancellor thing. It's a political thing to, uh, to, uh, to start the re- retirement process. He did it to stave off socialism, which eventually went into Germany anyway. We're not talking about retirement from military. The Romans did it, right? So if you lived past, what was it, 20 or something, they would give you something <laughs> if you lived past 20, wow. Um, but that's a, that's a military thing, right? You're missing an arm, you're missing a leg, you're missing an eye, something's chopped off. You know, you did it in the service for the country, they took care of you. Retirement here in this country is sort of a new thing. Does anybody know how long most experts say it takes to become an expert in something? Anybody know the hours? Some of you read some of the books, do you know, besides my kids, because they have to listen to me all the time? How many hours does it take to become an expert in something? Fifty years. Okay. Takes about ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours, that's working on one thing. So if um, I looked at Brian, I got I got to stop in a second. Uh, But if you're doing coding, right? Brian runs a business. Can he code? Not one bit. How long has he been in the business? 20 years. So it's not about just doing a... Uh, it, it, it's, but being a business person, you can kind of do that. 20 hours a week for 10 years. Half of all Americans worked on the farm in 1880, and an overwhelming majority, this is out of statistics, worked past 65. Then in the 1980s, we got this idea, hey, older people are expensive, and we got these new young people coming in. Let's lower retirement ages all around the world so we can get the young people into the workforce. I mean, I'm not one of those young people anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm older now. Um, it's sad for me to think that God's plan for us is, is to work and be good stewards over it, and when we finally can become experts in it, We get this idea, well, now I'm going to retire, or now I'm going to have to leave my job, do something else. We tend to look at the most experienced, most knowledgeable, most wise people, and then ask them to step out of the way. It doesn't make sense. I have to stop, so Um, thank you so much. (laughs) Time is out. My apologies. (laughs) I've got a little page there. Want to pray? Pray before we stop? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, Lord. As uh, Brother Dalton comes to preach for the 11 o'clock service, we ask you to just please bless him. Thank you for this time we came to sit down and just discuss uh, your plans as you planned it from the beginning, how we should have certain things that we're supposed to be responsible of and the work that we should do, and we should always give you all the honor and praise and be thankful for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: at www.bebaptist.org.